All right, so for the last few Wednesdays, we've been kind of working on prayer and going through different passages on prayer. And the point of this, again, was to really try to enhance our own prayer lives and start to look at, hey, what about praying Scripture back to God? Instead of us just sometimes just coming up with our own things, why not work on praying Scripture back to God? And so some of you have been working on this, and some of you have been forgetting, but... For those of you who have been trying this some, praying some of the psalms and things back to the Lord, how is that going for you? Would you share with the group how praying scripture is going for you? Feels more like an actual relationship. Feels more like an actual relationship? Than talking to a ceiling? ceiling? By By praying the scriptures makes it feel more real to you? Okay, good. What else? Okay, well, you can share if you've done it. No, um, I think that um, a lot of times, you know, Kelly's got a point that when you're reading it, and at the same time you have a mindset that, you know, you're, you're talking about him, you're talking about God. Mm-hmm. And it, puts, it helps you with the words that sometimes you don't always come to mind that, you know, the Holy Spirit does help us. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be more focused, and um, it just seems to, to be more, um, it just seems more important. It just seems like it's just about him. And not trying to figure out something to say. Right. Just stay focused on what's Right. It's one of the things that we drew out as we were talking through that is that when you're praying the scriptures, well, amazingly, that means it's going to be more God-centered in your prayers than probably other-centered or you-centered. It's going to be more focused on God because scripture is ultimately about him. And so that does help as well. Others, any other thoughts? It makes you feel like you're standing on holy ground when you're praying the scriptures. Good. I've got a, I, I do the psalms like you've done in your little uh-huh. outline, but I've got my own little uh, that I like to read that helps me. And it's, uh, you know, we did Second Samuel, too, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really a beautiful prayer. Yes. And then uh, Matthew 12, 34 through 36, that's talking about uh, watch what you speak watch your words mm-hmm. so that helps me to fight to do if, if I'm tempted to say something right and uh, then I've got Ephesians 6 10 through 18 mm. read that one too and that you know that's putting on the whole armor of God mm. and that really fortifies you through the day mm. uh, and then I've got uh, Psalms 40 2 through 5 and that's face persevering during trials mm. that's helpful and then Luke 1 of course the right. 46 to 55. Yeah. Well, I just got tired. Ty- I just got tired listening to all those things that you're reading. No, praise the Lord, Miss Mary. That is great. That is great. You know, last time we did, we pray. We 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 prayed through. We kind of studied through, talked through, and prayed through uh, Hannah's prayer together. And um, Heather pointed out that if you read if you read what Mary prays, that it seems like you know Mary's drawing from that prayer, and, and she would have known those scriptures. And so there's a lot of similarities there. And then when we had our Christmas Eve service, we got uh, I think it was actually Heather that read through uh, Mary's prayer for us um, that evening. And so any other thoughts there on just your own experiences with this so far? Yeah, the right. Yeah. This is a worldview of thought on it. 
not too much that we could say or do that, it, that doesn't fall into the category of leaning on your own understanding mm -hmm. somehow, some way, unless it conforms to God's word. Mm -hmm. Unless it does. Right. Until it does. And if it doesn't, it's error. That's all there is to it. It's error. And it's very difficult, I guess, for human beings to express themselves and constantly be aware of am I, am I, is what I'm saying in accord with God's word or isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because our hearts are foolish mm -hmm. wicked. and who can understand them? Uh, apart from the spirit, we have a wicked heart. Uh, but when you're praying the word, there's no question that you're in God's will, that you're in conformance to God's mm. thoughts about good and about bad and about what's good and what's bad. And it's not subjective anymore. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely grounded. Which is not to say you can't diverge a little bit and come back or, or confess that, you know, I was just thinking about a song. In the middle of it, I confess I didn't, I don't really feel the way you want me to. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but anyway, that's that's my thought. Is you don't know that what you're saying is right or wrong unless it's aligned perfectly with God's word. That's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. And I think the more our minds are renewed, and the more that we are walking in step with the Spirit, you'll notice you can tell people who, at least I feel like you can, people who pray Scripture, who memorize a lot of Scripture, you'll you'll hear as they pray. It's just, it starts to come out. It's the Spirit grabs a hold of it. And then, certainly when you are praying Scripture, if you're not going to go wrong, you are praying the very Word of God back to Him. And um, it will definitely be um, working. It glorifies Him, but it also is working in edifying you and those who are listening as well, right? And it builds faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of Christ. So faith will grow as you hear the Word of God, including in your prayers. So that's good. Yeah, was there a hand over here? Misty, were you going to say something? All right, anything else there? Josh? Uh, uh, when, I, when I let Scripture kind of guide my prayers, it's, uh, I notice I don't fall into the temptations of that, that I normally fall into in terms of like if I go off the, off the rocker and try to pray on my own, like those sing-song prayers that you just come up with or saying, Lord, thank you, Lord, Lord, thank you, Lord, for Lord, thank you, and you just, um, but I, I really do, when, when uh, just a few days ago, I was praying through Psalms 51, and that was probably the, the, the richest, um, fervent, like, repentance that, that I've, um, one, uh, that that I've that just letting kind of David guide me into what does it mean to to even repent, mm. um, and I've done that several times, but the, the that was just something that really was helpful. Yeah. For me. Good. Yeah. Avoiding. Yeah, it helps. It can help stay focused. You know, I think I think sometimes I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes if I'm I'm praying, my mind can wander. I can get off on other things and. All of a sudden, oh Lord, sorry, I'm over here again. Let me let me come back and 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 praying scripture at least for me when I'm when I'm doing that it does help me to stay stay focused and it's kind of like what I said before where we well you know we do our exegetical preaching and teaching right we want to get the meaning from the text and so when I'm preaching what's great is when I'm up here preaching and I know you guys would never believe this but when I 
go absent-minded and don't know what I'm supposed to say next, I can go, and we'll go back to the next verse now. And you just go to the next verse, and it keeps you right on track. And so it's the kind of a little safeguard. And again, it's helpful for us with prayer as well. Uh, so some of this stuff is coming, you know, just some of the ideas from Don Whitney's uh, Praying the Bible book. And I want to share with you out of chapter 10 a little bit, just some thoughts before we jump into uh, Matthew tonight. So George Mueller, how many of you guys have heard George Mueller? Okay, most of you have. Good. Okay. George Mueller, of course, living in the 1800s, is widely considered one of the greatest men of prayer and faith since the days of the New Testament. He lived nearly uh, the entire 19th century, two-thirds of it in Bristol, England. So he led a bunch of different ministries, but what is he best known for? What's his, what ministry is he best known for? Orphanages, right? Yeah. And so even when you read different books and things, Charles Dickens, Oliver Twist and things, that's where that's kind of pulling from, that idea. What's interesting, though, is... Um, through his orphanage in Bristol, Mueller cared for as many as 2,000 orphans at a time, more than 10,000 in his lifetime. Yet he never made the needs of his ministries known to anyone except God in prayer. How about that? Only through his annual reports did people learn after the fact what the needs had been during the previous year and how God had provided. Mueller had over 50,000, listen to this, 50,000 thousand specific recorded answers to prayer in his journals. 30,000 of which he said were answered the same day or the same hour that he prayed them. Can you imagine that? Wow. What, what, what are some thoughts to come to your mind when you hear that? The dependency he had on him. I mean, it was incredible. Right. The dependency he had on God. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. God's plan was already there long before he ever said the prayer. It had been in action days, weeks, months. And oh, days. sure. It sure. just came to fulfillment. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, we know that Scripture is very clear. If you do not ask, you do not have. <laughs> and the Lord was working all those things. And these kind of two mysteries, like we talk about, coming, coming together. 30,000. How focused he was, too, to recognize he had a prayer and, and he was seeking the answer. He didn't drift and just like, oh, I just said a prayer. Yeah. I mean, he, like she said, he was so dependent on him right. that he prayed and then actually looked for the answer. Why is that important? Why, why do you think that's important for us to look for the answer? I think we should expect Well, you can't be so denied. You can't deny it if you're asked. Right. You okay. You have to be open face to see both sides of what you're looking for and grab a hold of the one that you need. Okay, so we're praying, and you're, you're looking for the answer that's going to come, and whatever he provides there, you want to grab a hold of that. What were you saying? But Scripture tells us that we have to believe that he's going to answer it. Right. Don't ask it and see if he's going to. Answer it knowing he's going to. Okay, so praying, knowing he's going to answer it. How many of you knock that out of the park every time you pray? <laughs> but, but Misty just said that with such conviction. She's like, you got to know he's going to answer it, right? It doesn't always look like we expected to, though. That's, that's true. That's when it gets tricky. That's true. What else happens when? What else happens when we when we talk about how God has answered prayer? Our faith grows. Our faith grows. Absolutely, and right. Other people's, faith other people's faith grows. He's glorified. And He's glorified. And isn't that what we're about? I mean, that's what we're supposed to be here, right? To glorify God. And so when you say, "Yeah, I prayed for thirty thousand things or fifty thousand things," thirty thousand were answered within the day, and you go, "Wow, God is awesome." Yeah. And, and, and we miss out of our faith growing. 
We miss out if we, we pray for things and then we're not even looking for the answer. We just pray it and then we move on. And maybe we need to be more intentional. Maybe something we could learn is being more intentional and say, okay, Lord, how are you going to answer this one? Right? It's not, are you, you know, it's not an if. He's going to answer it. Now, maybe yes, maybe no, maybe wait, and we really don't like that one. When he tells us to wait, right? You're like, Lord, I want this. And he goes, not yet. And you're going, oh, you sure? And he's saying wait, right? But waiting to hear from the Lord and see answered prayers. Caleb, were you going to say something? Okay. So think of that. That's 500 definite answered prayers each year, more than one per day, every single day for 60 years. God funneled, look at this, over half a billion dollars in today's money through his hands in answer to prayer, and he never told anyone the need, except God. That's it. That's it. Man, he really wasted his life. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Mueller himself, in here, I don't want to go through all of it, but in the first part of his ministry in life, he used to just kind of, he would pray and he'd pray often, but he wasn't really praying the scriptures. And part of what it talks about in here is his own journey in learning to pray the scriptures and how that helped him. And so, again, I encourage you to get this book and, and read through that. Um, we have maybe another copy here, but we can order more for you. Um, Charles Spurgeon, a uh, great Baptist preacher, um, British Baptist, often called the Prince of Preachers, said in regard to feelings in prayer, we should pray when we are in a praying mood, for it would be sinful to neglect so fair an opportunity. We should pray when we are not in a proper mood, for it would be dangerous to remain so unhealthy in a so, in a so unhealthy condition. So you should pray when you feel like it, because that's a great thing, right? You should follow that. And when you don't feel like it, you should pray then too, <laughs> because you don't want to stay like that. That's what it, you know. So that's kind of helpful there. I think that means all the time. Then. What's that? I think that means. Yeah, so it's kind of like pray without ceasing idea. Yeah, I know we've heard that somewhere, right? So as we are still trying to figure some of this out for ourselves, um, and we went through um, Hannah's prayer last time, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Of course, many of you are going to be familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Many of you have memorized the Lord's Prayer. But let's, uh, let's open up the text and look at Matthew chapter 6. And then, like we've done in previous weeks, I want to pray through this prayer as well, but after we talk about it a little bit, okay? Matthew chapter 6. Now, I want to start in verse 1 because, just, again, just to set context here as Jesus is teaching Sermon on the Mount here. Somebody pick up chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 for us. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as a hypocrite in the synagogues in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. 
Okay, so he starts off here and he's talking about the whole, the whole point of this, though, is it's not that nobody else can ever know what you're doing. Because sometimes you need to connect with other people, just like this, in this situation we're helping this lady. You have to connect with other people to make this happen. So, oh, well, sorry, Lori, you lost it all. You, you, asked, you, know, you let somebody else know that you were helping, and so now, boom, no, 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 no rewards in heaven. That's not what it means, right? It's, the, it's being hypocritical about it. It's doing it for the recognition. That's what you're trying to stay away from. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't, don't be like that. Don't do that. Because if you're aiming for the recognition here, you've got your reward. You'll get the recognition, and that's it. Right? So that's the setting up the context for the Lord's Prayer. Uh, somebody else pick up in verse 5. And then when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So, obviously, when I, say, when I ask you to pray, you should tell me no. When I say, hey, why don't you pray for their group, you should say no, because I don't want to lose my reward. And, and Jesus clearly is telling me here I should only pray by myself, so I shouldn't pray with any, anybody else. Is that, what that's, is that what I was saying here? Miss Barbara, you better not... <laughs> It's so good to have you back. <laughs> it's not what he's saying, right? What's he saying? How would you describe this to somebody? Somebody who doesn't know the Bible, they come up to you and say, wait a minute, I'm confused. Do you pray out loud or do you pray alone? What do you do? They ask you. What do you say? Good. You want to have that time praying alone. Go in the prayer closet like we see here. Good, Caleb? Depends on the intentions. Okay. Um, if you're praying out loud so that for the edification of either other believers or for the salvation of mm -hmm. unbelievers, then yes, by all means, pray out loud. Mm. If you're doing it for attention, mm. for the praise of man, mm. then you're not praying to God, you're praying to man. Mm. God knows our heart, right? It's ultimately God sees the heart. And we want to be careful as we pray when we're asked to pray. And many times, listen carefully, when we're not willing to pray out loud with others, I want to ask, what's going on at the heart level there? Now, some is you're just not comfortable with that, right? I'm not comfortable. What's one of the greatest prayers that Jesus points out in the temple, there's a, there's a guy who's far away from the center of the temple, and he prays to God. It's about repentance. And he prays. And it's a very simple prayer. Does anyone know what that prayer is? God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Couldn't we at least pray that? That's not, I mean, that's not eloquent. That's not amazing. But if you are, can speak, you should be able to say, thank you, Lord. One of the things we used to do when we were overseas and we would have our little house groups going and, um, you know, the, the, the 
new believers would come and nobody wanted to pray. Right? You say, okay, well, we're going to go around and pray. And they're like, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right? Like, I, want, I don't want to do that. Well, partly the way you get comfortable with doing that is you do that. Right? Also, praying out loud when you are alone helps you. Instead of just praying silently, that can help too. But it's important because our prayers also edify other people. So what we would do is I would at least say, okay, when it comes to your turn, I'd say this beforehand, when it comes to your turn, at least say, thank you for something, amen. Just that, say that. You should be able to say that when it comes around to you, right? So come around and thank you for my family, amen. Great. And you just keep going around. Guess what happens week three? Guess what ha happens month three? They can say more than that, right? But you have to work on it. And we cannot be afraid of what other people think. When we're worried about what other people think, what is that known as? Fear, fear. fear of man or love of man. So now I'm fearful of what you're going to think about me and that my prayers aren't really impressive or maybe I don't know scripture or that I mess up or whatever it is. And I'm worried about that so that I'm not going to pray. We have to work past that. Again, it's hard, new believer, but here's the thing. When you're a new believer... When you have little ones, start then. Start when they're young. Start, right? New believer. Great. Pray. I don't know how to pray. Say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> start. Get it in the DNA early. What's hard is when you've been a follower of Jesus for 30 years and you never really prayed out loud with other people. That's when, it gets, that's when it's a lot harder. So you want to change that uh, mentality. Thoughts here? Sometimes people don't want to pray because, as you said, they're concerned or fearful of what another person might think sure. or that their prayers are somehow inadequate. And right. Yet, and yet, if we trust that the Lord will pray through us through the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. we need only to ask right. for that ability to pray. Right. Right. Um, we pray with the people in the ministry when they come and we hand out items to them. And we always... You know, Karen always asks them to have a prayer request. Yeah. And it gives us an opportunity to first let them know that the things, the items that we're able to give them have been provided graciously by God's right. of goodness. Right, 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 right. That we are not taking the credit for this as human beings, but we're giving God, thanks to God for that provision. Right. And secondly, we try to work the gospel into the prayers. Right so that they understand that it's only by God's grace mm -hmm. that they have come here today, right. that we're able to help them today, yep. and it's only by God's goodness and grace that we can be redeemed from our sins right. and hope to ever have a living hope in Christ Jesus. Yeah. It's a simple prayer, yeah. but it is just yeah. it's the truth, and those people that come through that door need yeah. to hear those truths. Yeah. So let me encourage you, if you're on the fence about this, you're like, ah, I just don't really like doing it. Let me, let me encourage you just to keep taking that step, right? Whenever we're here, that's part of what we're doing in the beginning. Who will pray for this? Who will pray for that? Come ready. Be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to pray for somebody, right? And you hear that request and do it. Other thing, men, if you are married, you need to be leading your families in prayer. You need to be leading your wives, if you have children in the home, each and every day, be the one who steps up and leads in prayer. Take that role. It is your role. Say, I'm going to pray. And that can be awkward. When we do, when we do premarital counseling with people that are wanting to get married, we start right then. You're like, oh, great. You guys want to get married? You're going to start praying right now. Oh, I don't want to do that. All right. Listen. 
talk to the girl, and man, I want to marry this guy. <laughs> Why? He doesn't apparently want to lead you to Christ. That's his job, to present her spotless before Christ, blank, right? washed with the word. That's his, that's his job. Now, I don't really mean that, of course. We're working on it with him, but we started early. So if you're not doing that yet, let me encourage you. Pray. Even if, and you say, well, my wife's a better prayer than I am. How many guys, I don't know, sometimes you're like, oh man, my wife's a lot better prayer. So what? Pray something simple. I promise you she will respond. What, ladies, if you are married, do you like it if your husband takes the lead and prays? Absolutely. If you are single, look for someone that will lead you in prayer. That's not on the, that's not on the list? You're like, nope. Savannah, you hear me, girl? If it's not on the list, be like, see ya. Not going to happen. Send a link. <laughs> For those who don't know, also my mother. If he comes around, no. If he ain't leading you in prayer, it's a no. Naya? <laughs> a few years. Got a few years still, but Debbie? You be praying for him now, but he needs to lead in prayer. Guys, we need to do a better job. We do. Not just at supper time, but hey, start there. Meals is a great place to start. That's an easier one, but take the lead. What's that? Yeah, that's right. We're thankful to God for every meal, so do it there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, we want to do that not so we get the recognition, but that's a, it's, a, it's a good thing for us to leave. But don't neglect what's being said here either. That time in the secret. That time in the closet where you are communing with your God. Don't neglect that. Okay? It's a both and. Okay? Have that time to where we're praying. And the God who sees you of course, will reward you. And many of, you know, that certainly may be blessings and rewards in heaven, but the reward, I don't know about you guys, but when I spend adequate time in prayer and I'm just communing with God, the reward that comes, oh my goodness, the overflow of the Spirit, peace, joy, just overflowing. That's, that's a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice thing, blessing right there. All right, so he will reward us. Now, verse 7. Somebody read 7 and 8. Good, thank you, Tim. All right, so don't don't be like the Gentiles, which would have been just practices that they were having at this time, that um, where they're just they're just heaping up a bunch of words, they're saying a bunch of stuff over and over and over and over again. But it sounds really good because they're saying a lot of things or they're saying it quickly. He's like, don't 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 do it like that. Be genuine with what you're praying. God knows what you need before you ever even ask it. But that we're still supposed to go to Him. We're still supposed to ask for those things. But don't do it in such a way that's going to draw you know. A lot of attention, and don't just repeat things over and over again. I know, I know when I'm doing a bad job leading my family in prayer in the evenings is when we're done, and about five minutes later they say, are we going to pray before we go to bed? <laughs> I probably have gotten into a habit of praying the same thing, you know, over and over again. And so I need to do a good job of making sure that I'm thinking about what I'm praying. Not just the, the kind of reciting same thing, now I lay me down to sleep. 
pray, my Lord, the soul to keep, what, you know, whatever that thing is. Want to want to teach our want to teach our ch- children variety in prayer, right? That it's really coming from the heart, really coming from the heart. Okay, so now Jesus says, "How's it already seven eighteen? Good gosh, we didn't get to the prayer yet. Here we go. Now Jesus says, pray then like this. So we know a lot of things we shouldn't be doing, but Jesus is going to help us, and we're going to do some of it tonight. We'll do some of it next Wednesday on how we should pray, and that's like great. Let's let's look at it." Pray then like this, our Father, they'll stop there. It's a good place to stop. Two words, our Father. What comes from just those two words? What do we learn from Jesus about prayer, about our relationship with God from those two words? Okay. He loves you. He cares. Father. It's not even our God. It's our Father. How does He become our Father? By His Son. And we're adopted into the family. So you may say, well, I don't really have a great earthly father. I don't have a good relationship with him. He wasn't even around, or he was abusive, or whatever. Guess what? You have a heavenly father who's perfect and loves you. And Jesus bought you and adopted you into the family. You went from enemy to son or daughter. So don't just read quickly through those first couple words. Sit right there and say, Father, wow. How could I be a child of God by your own strength now, by grace upon grace upon grace. But let's not forget the hour part. What does, that, what, what, what does that do? It's personal. It's personal. Good, Tim. It's, it's personal. What's that? It's an intimacy. Intimacy. Good. Not, not some far off God, but our Father. Good. Yes, Miss Barbara? It's not just you. Ooh. It's not just, I mean, he is your father, but it's also there's a connection. You're a part of the family. He's our father. Because of Christ. Because of Christ, absolutely. But you're brought into a family. So the whole idea, now again, there definitely is a personal side to our relationship, but the whole idea that you're off on your own doing your own thing with him, apart from all other Christians, no, 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 no. You're part of the family. Our father. Other thoughts there with those two words? Let's see if we can get another two words in. Our Father in heaven. What does that tell us? He's there waiting for us. Okay. What's that? Promises. Promises. Hope. Brings hope. Yeah. So it also can kind of show the bigness of God. Intimate, close, but also the bigness of God. Anything else about the in heaven for you when you think on that? In heaven. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
So Christ is in heaven as the mediator for us. I, for me, I picture when I think that he's in heaven, kind of like Caleb was saying, it pans back for me, and part of what I see is that he's sovereign over everything. He's the owner of everything. So when I'm about to pray, I'm praying to my dad, my father, I'm part of the family, and I'm praying to the one who's in heaven over everything. That gives me a lot of confidence as I'm moving forward. Again, all through the blood of Christ being able to do that. Our Father in heaven, we're going to stop with this next line for tonight, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Somebody on the street comes up to you and says, hey, I'm not really a Bible reader. I don't know a lot of the Bible language. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Like we recite this over and over again. Most of us have memorized this. What does it actually mean? Do I want a definition? Do you have a definition for it? You just pulled it up, cheater. You needed to know. But, but real quick, but real quick, but real quick. And, and I don't mean, I'm not poking at you here about this, but she needed to know. How many times have you read the Lord's Prayer? A lot. A lot. You have memorized, I'm sure, for it probably. Close. Yeah. Now she goes, wait, I need to know. Right? But you want specifics. We gotta do this with scripture. Don't just gloss over. She won this. I wanna know what this means. Okay, so give us some help. Made holy. Made holy. Consecrated. Consecrated. Greatly revered revered and honored, consecrated, made holy, set apart. Okay, so make your name holy. Consecrate your name. What are some others? What else? How else would we plug that in? Magnificent is your name. What were you say? Greatly revered, honored is your name. So a lot of times I think when we pray this, I think, at least in my mind, I've just thought, holy is your name. Like, you're holy, right? There's that side of it. And I think that's true, based upon the meaning. But could it mean something else in addition to that? Could it mean something else? It, it does mean, holy is your name. I'm praising you because you're holy. Yes, I think it means that. What else might it mean that we're asking for God to do here? Guide us. If you, if you look to another... Uh, scripture reference to mm-hmm. that. Hallowed be your name. Um, it takes you to Isaiah 29.3. Okay. Why don't you read that? I mean, most of us have memorized Isaiah, that, that part. <laughs> but we're going to let her, we're, gonna let, we're just going to check her and make sure that she knows what she's talking about. So would you read that to us? <laughs> it says, this is Isaiah 29.23. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands, in his midst... They will sanctify my name, and they will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Okay, so there's the standing in awe part, but the beginning part of that that they're pointing out there. Read that first part again for us. Uh, For when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they they will sanctify my name, and they will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Okay, so we talked about about sanctify and (laughs) sanctification. Another way of saying that is, of course, being set apart or holy, right? So as 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 we come to salvation, we are, of course, justified. 
But then we have that sanctifying process where we begin to look more and more like Jesus. Another way you could say that is we become more and more holy. We are more and more separated from the world. So there's this idea here of his name being separated and put out as holy and separate from everything else around. So what does this look like? When I'm praying, God, hallowed be your name. I'm praising you. But what else is going on? What else might be happening? Might I, might, might I be asking him to do? Mr. Duck. This gives me the feeling that I humble myself before him as I'm speaking about that. Whether I'm a wreck or whether I, in my mind, I'm bowed down low. Good. So if you're God, saying... His greatness and my ungreatness. Good. So he's great, he's holy. I'm, you're humbling yourself before him because of his awesomeness, Caleb? What do you mean? Flesh that out some more. Um, so when he says, make your it essentially is saying, make your name holy mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And that includes in our hearts. Yeah. And the only way he can do that is by removing the bad mm-hmm. and grafting in the good. Yeah, good. Good. Al Moeller, president of Southern Seminary, wrote, wrote a small book on the, the Lord's Prayer, and that's where he goes with this part of the, of the Lord's Prayer, too. Yes, it is glorifying God and, and hallowing his name. You are holy, you are righteous, and humbling ourselves. But it's also, he would argue, and I think he's right, I think it's also saying this, God, make your name holy in my life. Make me understand your holiness more and more, which is going to bring, to humility, right? But also, look, I want your name. I want everything about you to be holy. I want, I want evil and sin away, and I want your holiness to just come, your name to be holy in my life. I think when you put all that, I mean, so there's a lot. It's not just one little, you know, how your name. Like, there's a lot that's going on here, and probably more than what we're saying. And we just go by quick, Miss Barbara. Right, right, right. That's very humble. Yeah, yeah. We've made the word awesome so simple. Yeah, we have, haven't we? We've taken awesome, and we just use it. We've taken the all out of awesome. Yeah, we have. We should be in awe of yeah. because he is awesome. Yeah, we're not, sometimes we're not careful with our words. Mm-hmm. Kind of like love, too. We've done that with love, too. We, we, man, I love that TV show. And I love my wife. Like my wife would be like, you better love me more than a TV show. Culture calls it familiarity. Okay. What does he mean by that? He says, um, well, he talked in his book that we're doing in the women's Bible study. Right. He, he had the one chapter, I think it's chapter three, is on ministry. Uh-huh. And he refers to uh, the awe of God that is either lacking or in need of maturity in ministry. Mm. And um, he says that part of it, that the biggest thing that hinders ministry is our familiarity mm. with things. Mm. We get too common, right. comfortable with things and forget Right. I mean, uh, uh, kind of on a, a, a human side of this, I think you see this when it comes with our jobs, yeah. right? Our relationships, marriages perhaps, right? You just get used to one another. 
And so then we see that that ends up head, heading a, a negative direction generally because I need something different. I need something to, 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 to spark. Yeah. So now I think as humans, we're, we're, we tend to go that way, right? So if we tend to go that way, then we tend to go that way with God. And he just becomes familiar. The gospel becomes familiar to us. One of the biggest pushbacks that we've had, when, or not that there's been a lot of pushback, but the, when people do ask or talk about why we do the Lord's Supper every week, the pushback is, well, it's just going to become regular. It'll just become normal. It'll just become something we're used to and we just do. Well, we're, we hope not. <laughs> we're trying to get away from that by, showing, uh, by preaching the gospel and focusing in on who he is. So what happens is, is God, I guess I'd ask this question, is God amazing enough that we should constantly be in awe of him? Yes. Right. So if we're not, that's not a problem with him. <laughs> right? It's not a problem with him. It's something going on with us. We're looking to the wrong place. We're not diving, diving deeper. We're not exploring more of who he is through his word. We're not communing with him by his spirit. We're not repenting. of. We're not doing those things, so we're not seeing who he is. We're not walking in step with his spirit, so it's just kind of normal instead of this kind of awe. You know. he, says our, he says God created the world. God's creation is designed so that our awe in it drives it to a vertical off. Mm, yeah. And that can happen, and you'll notice that if you if you travel, you go out, you see a sunset over here, especially if you're not from around here or if you haven't been out to the mountain. I was talking to a couple, they, they, they are uh, from this area, they do not know the Lord. In fact, um, they've even I've heard them even say that they're atheists. Well, they went out to Colorado and they saw some of the mountains and things and they were in awe, but then they have nowhere to go with it. And that's so sad because it's supposed to go, like you just said, we go, oh, wow, Lord, look what you, because whoever can make that is better than that. It's not, that's not the end. Like the, the mountain isn't the end. It points to something that's even greater and they can't do that. And that's what's so sad. But even the rocks and the trees, they know how to praise God. And they're in awe, however that works, right? All right, so I want to end our time. I'm going to pray for us, but I'm going to pray just the first verse as I close, because that's as far as we got today. Um, but I'm going to pray through this, and I'll close our time together, and we'll jump back into the Lord's Prayer next week. So let me encourage you throughout the week, though, try to, like we've been doing, pray Scripture. So pray this. Pray this passage among other passages in Psalms, but try praying this this week and see how that goes. But let's, let's pray together. Our Father. Oh, we're so thankful that you're our Father, that you would adopt us into your family, Lord, that you would love us, that as, as enemies of yours, that you would show your love for us. You would pursue us. You would send your son to die for us and adopt us, that you're our father. And Lord, I'm thankful that I'm not here alone and I'm not the only one around, but Lord, you have your children all around this world and in this place tonight. And so you're our father. Lord, we're thankful that you're, of course, you're everywhere, but you're in heaven and you're ruling, and you're reigning, and you are sovereign, and you are good, and you are worthy of all of our praise and all of our honor. 
And God, your name is holy. Because you are holy. You are righteous and you are good. And so we praise you for who you are and what you've done. And what you're doing and what you will do. Everything you do, God, is good. And so we're asking, Lord, as we will be leaving shortly, that you will make your name holy in our lives. Lord, that you will open our eyes by your spirit, open our ears, open our minds to see your holiness. And Lord, we know we see that in your word, but we need your spirit to see it. And Lord, that also means that we'll have to see our sinfulness and we need your help to see that too. But Lord, we want, because of your work, we want to see your name holy in our lives. We want your name holy in our marriages. We want your name holy in our devotion times, in our children's lives, in our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews, our church, and our community. Lord, make your name holy. Help us to cling to Christ. And be with us until we can meet back together again. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everybody.